episode 78 of the Knit British podcast. It's lovely to have you here and uh, if you're joining us for the first time today you are very welcome. Of course I know lots of you are coming back today so thanks very much for joining me too. It's always lovely to have you around here. I hope that you have grabbed a whip and grabbed a drink and you're ready um, for another episode of the podcast. I am not sure if I am ready for another episode of the podcast. There is so much going on just now, guys. But I had to find time to, to make a little podcast before Edinburgh Iron Festival, um, no matter how busy, because there's too many fantastic things to tell you about. And don't worry if you are listening from afar and you will not be getting to go to the Edinburgh Iron Festival this year because all of the vendors I'm talking about today have fantastic online shops, do worldwide shipping and you need to check out the show notes at www.knitbritish.net slash ep hyphen 78. I apologise, there will be background noise today because the podcast is kind of careening about the place. She's a bit of a live wire today. Also, I've stupidly put the washing machine on, um, which will spin at some point. Normally, I would pause the washing machine while I recorded the podcast. <laughs> but as I say, too many things going on. I'm not speaking or, or working very coherently, which doesn't bode well for a podcast, but let's give it a go nonetheless. Also, I don't have any notes in front of me today. Well, that's not... True, actually. I have various bits on scraps of paper of things I want to talk about. So let's see how this goes. (laughs) So today's episode, I'm talking British Stash Invasion. That is the vendors at Edinburgh Yarn Festival who I am really excited to visit and find out about their yarns. And I want to tell you a little bit about them too. Also, I'm going to be giving you a preview of the new Blacker yarn range. Very exciting. It's not even launched yet and you're getting a preview right here. We're talking Blacker Podcal, Podcast Lounge. Uh, So make sure you're settled in and let's get cracking. Uh, first up, I want to talk to you about the fantastic amount of British wool that is represented at this year's Edinburgh Yarn Festival. Now, Edinburgh Yarn Festival really do love their British wool. The organisers do as well. And they really do try and make make it part of the proceedings every year in the marketplace. Uh, but this year, there are, I'm really excited because there are vendors that I have 
either heard about or new to me or I am keen to find out more about. Of course, there will be favourites that I can't wait to go and visit, like Joy, the Knitting Goddess, and Daughter of a Shepherd, John Arbon, and the Border Mill, and those guys. Can't wait to go back and visit them and see what they've got. But there are some others that are really exciting too, like Ardalanish, who are uh, from the Isle of Mull, and they sell all sorts of things. They create tweed and they sell homewares and clothing and yarn and I'm not sure which breeds the yarns are made of I think it's a mixture of of maybe Hebridean Manx and Shetland at least that's what the the website kind of makes you think uh but the yarns look fantastic they look so rustic and characterful just the kind of yarns that I like I like yarn that tells a story in uh, that story goes on in the texture. So Ardalanish, and please do remember to go and click on the links in the show notes so that you can visit these guys yourself. If you're going to Edinburgh Yarn Festival, Ardalanish are going to be on stand C2. So mark that on your little guide map if you uh, fancy uh, seeing some wool from them. Obviously, Blacker Yarns, that goes without saying uh, that I can't wait. Uh, I'm going to be obviously... Uh, side by side with them up in the podcast lounge so there are going to be very many tempting things there but I'm really looking forward uh, to seeing which British breed wools they've brought with them this time so you don't need to know which stand they're on because they're up in the podcast lounge that's where they are you cannot miss them do go and visit them another great stall uh, to visit if you like British wool is Black Bat Rare Breeds Uh, Now, you might have seen them at Edinburgh Yarn Festival the past couple of years. They do mostly natural and all different kinds of British breeds, you guys, from one-ply cobweb right up to chunky, uh, lots of limited edition things, lots of things you might never see again. And I always try and encourage you, if you've never tried British wool, if you want to try different breeds, you just have to go and buy a ball and try it. And, you know, one 50-gram ball, well, you've got a pair of mitts or a hat, you get something out of it, don't you? So go and and try and see what they've got. And I'm sure they're going to have some amazing things there. Last year, I seem to remember, they had BFL alpaca with gold sparkle in it that just looked so fantastic when it was knit up. So you get other things as well. You know, you get a little bit of sparkle. But mostly it's natural uh, British breeds and blends and definitely lots of rare breeds too. They are going to be on stand E2. Another, uh, and and these are definitely new to me, um, vendor that I just cannot wait to go and visit is cambrian wool who are coming from wales now cambrian wool are a community interest group and they are working to to promote and really really show what wool from wales can do and so they work with farmers they create premier knitting wools so there's welsh mule which is a mixture of of um Welsh breed crossed with um, Blueface Leicester and they also use Lanwenog wool and also Black Welsh Mountain. So they've got an incredible range of natural and dyed yarns and I think this would be fantastic for a sweater's quantity 
I reckon. And there are a couple of sweaters that I'm looking to knit this year and buy wool for at Edinburgh Yard Festival. And I know there's going to be a lot of wool that's vying for my attention. I think I've got three sweaters that I'd really like to knit. One is Snowflake by Tinker Knits, which is a double knit. One is Aiken by Andy Satterland, which is a worsted. And the other is the gingerbread sweater by Libby, Tully Myrtle, Libby Johnson. And that's a DK as well. So I'm really looking for the DK yarns. And when it comes to wool for a sweater, you know, I, well, you know me, I'm very rarely led by the squish of the feel, feel of wool. I always try and think about what I want that wool to be. And if I want a jumper that's kind of hardy, what kind of wool is going to be best for that? If I want a jumper that's going to be have a bit more drape, what kind of wool do I want for that? So I know that there's going to be a lot of yarn at this festival that's going to be vying for those three sweaters. And I think Cambrian wool is definitely one of those. I saw East London Knits' Renee Callahan had also... Uh, put up an Instagram picture of her swatching with this yarn and it really looks delightful. So Cambrian Wool are going to be on stand B3 and they're a big, a big tick for me and they also have a great website. Again, links are with the show notes. And who else is going to be there? Well, Garthenor are going to be there. Now Garthenor are not new to me. They are definitely represented in my stash. They always have something different and, you know, they have yarn from so many different breeds, Castle Milk Murat, Dorset, Hebridean, Blended with Manx, Cotswold, Blueface Leicester and Lincoln Longwell. You know, there is a really great selection um, of, of breeds and blends from them and it's all organic. And I have to say, uh, they've got a really great website. When I first started Knitting British, I think I did get... I think I got some Jacobs from them when I first started knitting British and their website was basically just a web page with a really long table in it of of all the yarn that they had they've got a beautiful website now at um not that it wasn't beautiful then because it served the purpose I bought I bought yarn from them but uh, they've got a really nice website now at garthenor.com um so I'm really looking forward to see what they've got and and you know their yarn is 100% organic and that's that's a big tick isn't it you know we want wool with low wool miles and we can see the story and tick 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 and organic is just another fantastic plus when it comes to to buying yarn isn't it home farm wensleydale who will be on stand f5 i've heard of them because we we uh, interviewed home farm wensleydale on November a couple of years ago and uh, they are a farm yarn business they keep the wensleydales and blueface leicester that whose fleece goes into this yarn and I'm just really keen to see it it looks a big beautiful bouncy yarn maybe perfect for an owl sweater although I have yarn for an owl sweater that is on my list of things to knit this year as well but I have I have the new Atlantic yarn ready for that so I probably shouldn't buy two lots of sweater quantities for the same pattern uh two other I'm sorry I'm going to have to be drinking lots of water today because I feel like my voice is going already which is not good when you're planning on talking a lot over the next week two other wool companies that I'm really excited to visit are Iona Wool and Uist Wool now if you read wovember.com last year you would have seen interviews with Dana and also Hazel the mill manager at Uist Wool they're a mill which is opened in the Hebrides and they work closely with the local crofters to source fleece like Cheviot and Texel and Hebridean and make really incredible 
yarns with them and I'm really looking forward to getting up close and seeing those yarns there and Iona wool again uh, using the wool the breeds that are on the island uh, and creating incredible wool and the Iona wool as well just looks amazing in fact it looks like you can buy it by the cone it says on their website, or Iona Wool is a high-quality wool yarn spun exclusively from fleeces gathered on the beautiful Isle of Iona. And I believe there's Hebridean and Shetland and Suffolk in there and all those great woolly, woolly, um, dense hardware and yarns I love. So that could be a possibility for my gingerbread sweater, I think. Uh, fantastic colours too. Uh, so you can find out more from them uh, at ionawool.com, but they will also be on stand D4. And I forgot to say, used wool will be on stand F4, right next to Home Farm Wednesday Tales. It's so brilliant that the, there are these small producers at Edinburgh Yarn Festival who, you know, this for a lot of them, this is their first big show. And what a show to be to be at taking your product to Uh, another stand that I'm looking forward to seeing although I have knit with their yarn before uh, is Almerk which is uh, the yarn that comes from Uridale Farm in Shetland which is the yarn I was knitting with in 2012 which made me decide to knit British and that is true story. You can read a little bit about it on my blog. I think I think it's still in the about me bit. Um, yeah, one day, 2012, I was knitting a little jacket out of uh, pink Shetland wool uh, for my for my niece in New Zealand, and realised that if I opened my back door, that wool had come from a sheep that was like, you know, a straight shoot from my back door uh, to the farm, and that. That started all the knit British thinking. So I'm really excited to go and see what they've got. Um, again, it's organic. They do jumper weight, double knit weight, iron weight, chunky weight. And I think they also have some undyed. So really looking forward to going and visiting uh, Uridale Farm and Almerk on stand A9. I have not made a shopping list as such. Have you? Last year... I was very good and I only bought the yarns that I set out to buy, which were Daughter of a Shepherd, Zaldas Yarns, Kettle Yarn Company, Baskerville, um, Tamar. Uh, really, that you know, I, I had a very, a very strict idea of what I was going to get and try not to deviate from that. And it's hard. We, you know, we get overwhelmed by those yarn fumes. So it's good to have an idea of what what we want to buy uh, and take away from it and. You know, go and look in your stash right now. It's a good thing to do before you go to any yarn festival because if you've got 10 single skeins of sock yarn, you're probably not going to need any more for a wee while. So think about what your stash is lacking and what you know what, what you could use. Um, but again, when, the, when you're there and the yarn fumes are high... What you know, it's difficult, it's really difficult, isn't it? Uh, the little grey girl who is Gemma Dudley, who uh, will be on stand G4 with the awesome Rusty Ferret, um, she's going to be there with her incredible project bags. She has on her blog at the moment, and I'll put a link in the show notes, a yarny event visit planner, which is awesome. It's a great little piece of stationery. Uh, there's a place to put your the event you're going to, the budget you have, very important, stick to the budget. 
Um, and then there's little checklists for essentials that you're going to need. Your must-visit stalls, your planned shopping. Uh, planned shopping is split into needs and wants. Very clever. And there's a little box there for your future knitting projects. So you can keep those in mind when you're buying. This is excellent. So I'll put a link in the show notes so you can get that and print that off. I've printed mine off. If I ever get five minutes to sit down, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fill that in. Brilliant idea. Absolutely brilliant idea. As I say, it's so easy when you go there to be, to be overcome by all the wonderful things there. But my advice is really, um, if you see something you like, buy it. Because if you go around again, it might not be there the second time you, you come around. So if you see something you like and your heart goes, I need it, uh, uh, it's going to be good for this, just get it. Just get it. Um, my other advice is drink lots of water. Take water with you. You do lots of talking. I remember how quickly my voice went um, last year. Um, so yeah, lots of water. And remember to eat as well. Don't forget to eat. And uh, just have an awesome time. Have an absolutely awesome time. I can't wait to see you at Edinburgh Yarn Festival. I have a really bad memory. I have a really crappy thyroid, which sometimes um, makes me struggle to get words out, <laughs> as evident there. Jeez. And um, it, it, it's very difficult sometimes for me to put place, faces in, and names together. And uh, so please, you know, don't think I'm being rude if I ask you, you know, to describe your Ravelry avatar, because that's the thing I've probably seen more than your actual face. Um, so, you know, real names versus online names can be a bit disoriented sometimes. So I do apologise in advance. <laughs> uh, but I can't wait to see you. Please come and see us. Please come and say hello. Don't be shy. We've got the podcast meetup both days at one to two o'clock. Uh, and this perfect opportunity to come and say hello. I can't wait to see you there. Black Eye Yarns are launching a new yarn which they will be previewing at Edinburgh Yarn Festival. Can you believe it's been a year since they launched Tamar at Edinburgh Yarn Festival? I can't believe that. Uh, we're very lucky here, you guys, as Sonia has sent me a sample of the new yarn to try. Samite is a woolen spun, really drapey yarn. And I will come back to you about what's in it. Uh, but I just want to, to play you me unwrapping the package when it came in because I what I did was I opened the bag and put my hand in and I didn't pull anything out but I just thought oh my god I need to record this so what you hear I don't explain it very well but because I'm you know overcome by the yarn fumes what you hear is me describing just putting my hand in the bag blind and describing the feel and then I take it out and um and then I and then I have to go really quickly because the post came as the lovely fella and I were going out for a day out but I was like I have to record this now <laughs> okay this is exciting thing this is the new blacker yarns um samite that uh is going on sale next month and it will be previewed at Edinburgh Yarn Festival and this is my first encounter with it you can hear the packaging. I've just, I haven't even taken it out of the tissue. I've just opened the tissue and um, I just put my hand in the bag <laughs> and 
and it it feels incredible, which is why I decided I should should record this because it it really feels like nothing British that's available at the moment. It's got such a fine softness um, that it's really the there's an incredible wooliness as well, and I'll, I'll talk about the the content. Um, later but I just wanted to share this really incredible oh, tactile um, <laughs> feeling and uh, uh, taking out the sample skein jeez oh that's lovely that's really lovely it's really dark in this room but I'll, I can already see the silky luster um, wow so that was me unwrapping God, it's so soft. Um, <laughs> the new Samite from Blacker Yarns coming soon. <laughs> so that was me just unwrapping it from 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 the parcel. Uh, it, so Samite is wool and spun. It is a blend of thirty percent BFL, forty percent Shetland, ten percent Gotland from Sue's own flock. And 20% Ahimsa silk. And Ahimsa silk is a kind of um, silk production that means the moths emerge from the cocoon. So it's, you know, uh, cruelty-free as possible. So this is what Black I have to say about their yarn. Samite is our homage to the history of textile manufacturing, with 15 shades inspired by the pre-Raphaelite and arts and crafts movements and colour names selected from 19th century poetry. We wanted to pay tribute to the value Victorians placed on unique and thoughtfully crafted objects. The very special silk content of Samite inspired us to name the range after the opulent woven silk fabrics produced in medieval Europe. Because it's wool and spun, Samite retains the characteristic bounce of Shetland and is more durable than a standard silk blend, making it ideal for, co for colour work, cables and texture. The addition of silk gives it an increased drape and memory to the yarn when worked at a loose gauge. It responds exquisitely to, to delicate lace and large needle needles, creating a light and airy fabric. This truly is a yarn for creating heirlooms. Its three-ply thickness requires time to work up, but Samite will repay your dedication with a strikingly unique garment that lasts. Strikingly unique garment is what you're going to get from this. It's really incredible this yarn has such a depth of color that's got to be from the blending of the natural wool along with the silk the different color natural wool with the silk the gray of the gotland and oh my goodness me it's it's really incredible and it's got a really luxurious silken tweed look now excuse me while i scruffle if i hold the yarn along the length of the yarn I'm sorry my chair is squeaking too I do apologize I hope that's not reading as much as it sounds here that is me pulling the yarn between my two hands so you can hear that there's a tensile strength there but it is wool and spun so it breaks easily um, when you break it but just it's got a really good strength to it 
notice that straight away. Running the working yarn between your finger and fore thumb. Of your finger and fore thumb? Jeez, that's a new one. It's It's got a feeling of velvet. It really does. And I don't mean the look of velvet, because the look of velvet is meh. But the feeling. And that's exactly what this feels like. It's It feels like knitting with luxury. And I stand by what I said when I first opened the packet, that it feels like nothing British that's available at the moment. I don't know if any British wool does have silk in it. I had um, Eden Cottage Yarns Milburn, uh, but that's a, a very particularly awesome yarn in its own right too. But this is woolly and silky. And the Shetland, the BFL, the Gotland, you've got dense wooliness there. And with that silk, it, it's a very special yarn indeed. Um, now, I knitted a swatch. Where is my swatch? Um... Well, okay, I, I knitted a swatch, which isn't here at the moment. Uh, but, and I cast it on with the green. I don't have the, the I have all of the little colours, but I don't have the names because the colour cards aren't ready yet. All of these colours, though, uh, inspired by poetry, all of, all of these colours remind me of semi-precious stones. And the green that I was knitting with was like aventurine. Uh, really sort of um, pale green with lovely... Aventurine has sort of a glittery, almost glittery kind of uh, darker green in it. And that's kind of how, how this felt, looked like knitting with it. And... Um, oh, <laughs> I've just realised where my swatch is. <laughs> my swatch is tucked under my bra strap, <laughs> which is where I put swatches to wear them to see how they feel. So obviously I could just end this review right now by saying you can't feel it. It's really soft against your skin. <laughs> end of review. Um, no, uh, <laughs> that's hilarious. Just saw the flash of green poking out there. So it is 28 stitches uh, gauge on 2.75mm needles, which I didn't have, so I used 2.5mm needles. Actually, it knitted up quite quickly uh, for a three-ply, and um, I blocked it. Didn't didn't keep it blocking for too long, because time is an issue at the moment. Uh, but my goodness me, what a lovely elasticity with it. It's got It has got a lovely drape, and the luster... Oh, the luster. Honestly, there's you're just you're not gonna find anything like this um anywhere else. And I think that's you know what Blacker have set out to do in a way as well, is that you know they've been inspired by the arts and crafts movement and that emphasis on thoughtfully crafted objects and that's exactly what this is. That's exactly what this Samite yarn is. It's a thoughtfully crafted object. So I I you know me, I knit a swatch and then I think, oh, what would it look like in something else? And so uh, I, sh I shouldn't say I'm skipping ahead because I'm, I'm not even talking about the lovely stitch definition and how pearlescent that yarn is. I don't think I'm getting that across. I'm so sorry. I am usually much better at this. I, if you're this is the first time you're listening, I'm usually quite good at explaining things for those who listen. There's so much going on at the moment that my head is all akimbo. So I apologise if this doesn't come across to you in, in bright, vivid Technicolor uh, because it should. I will put pictures up on the website as well. Um, yes, yeah, so I, it's, uh, because it's me and because I, I like to try different textures, I thought I would try a bit of garter with this yarn. And I thought, well, you know, 
Sonia was good enough to send me all of the little colours and little gram um, skeins, you know, little just little wound off bits so I could see all the colours. And I thought, well, why don't I just try a little hap? So I um, cast on one stitch and and um, started doing a little centre triangle in garter stitch. And in the garter stitch, the, the tweedy feel of the yarn, that silken tweedy feel, is even more pronounced, I would say. And I think it's maybe those little pops of neps popping out in the garter. It's just lovely. And the depth of the colour. Here I'm using a burgundy colour. It's such a great, sumptuous shade. It's beautiful. So yes, I, I've done just a little bit of a, a, a border, similar to the Sanus hap that I've just finished. I'll talk a little bit about that later. Just an utter delight. Think whether you want to knit a big old airy shawl. And as I say, the first swatch I did was on 2.5mm needles. This is on 4 and I think it's going to block incredibly. I think it's going to block lace so well with this yarn. I do think it's going to make something that's really quite long wearing and it's going to look good for a really long time. And isn't that the point that we spend so much money on yarn? It's so sad when people make things and then maybe wear it for, for a little while and then you never see it again. I want my knits to last forever or for as long as they can. So if I'm spending a lot of money on yarn, I want them to look good for as long as possible too. And there's a lot of onus on us there, isn't there? Because we need to get the, the brush out and the defuzzer out every now and again. But my goodness me, with a yarn like this, it's really going to make garments that are going to shine. Uh, 100 gram skeins get, gives you 460 metres. I don't have a price yet, but if you are coming to Edinburgh Yarn Festival, you can meet this yarn and give it a squish and find out all the details from Sonia. Sonia is going to come and give two short sessions in the sofa area in the podcast lounge at four o'clock on both days. So do come along to that and find out more about this incredible yarn. I think you're going to want to sign up to the Blacker newsletter to find out exactly when this goes on sale and you can bet that I will have more info for you when it goes out and possibly I'll do another review on the blog uh, with more pictures. But thank you so much to Sonia for giving us this really special preview of this spectacular yarn. The Blacker podcast ends on Saturday the 4th and I can't believe the amount of awesome work that we've seen going on in this cal. Uh, you just need to look at our finished object threads and we have two, one for those who can go to Edinburgh Yarn Festival and one for those who can't and we'll have a special prize draw for those who can't come to Edinburgh after the festival. For those of you who can come to Edinburgh Yarn Festival, you are going to get 15% off at the Blacker stall if you rock up in your finished item made from 100% British, no, 100% Blacker yarns. And uh, the other thing you need to know is that at 11 o'clock on Saturday the 11th, we're having the Blacker Podcal meetup. So come along, bring your finished object or your whip if you're still cracking on it. Come and show us what you've been making in Blacker Yarns. Let's all get together, get some photos taken and just enjoy seeing the incredible range 
of work that's been going on in this cal. And thank you so much to everyone who's been taking part in the Blacker PodCal uh, chat uh, over in the Ravelry group. That's been amazing. In fact, I've absolutely lost track uh, so much has been has been chatted about and can I say thank you so much to the great community over there thank you so much to everyone who's been supportive and helpful and enthusiastic for the other Cal participants that is what makes a Cal for me that is why I love being in a Cal just to see how awesome everyone is and just this great community spirit um, thing going on it's absolutely fantastic and well done everyone who's taken part in this cal i can't wait to see what you've knitted the deadline that you need is um, 11 59 p.m on saturday the 4th of march that's when you should have cast off and um posted a picture in the whichever finished object thread uh, it belongs in it doesn't have to be blocked uh, it just needs to be cast off um, you've got a couple of days to block it and then we'll see it all blocked and lovely at Edinburgh Yarn Festival uh, so yeah thank you everyone so much you've made this uh, well every cal is a joy but this has been a particular joy thank you so much Don't forget about our Let's Make a Podcast Challenge at Edinburgh Yarn Festival. I talked about this on the podcast last time and there was a post that went up at knitbritish.net last week on hints and tips where some of our visiting podcasters came along and gave some of their best tips for newbie podcasters. So get on over to knitbritish.net and you'll find that post there. I've had a lot of you who said you're interested in taking part in the challenge at three o'clock on both days. And a lot of you who said you're a bit anxious about doing it. Don't be anxious, just come on up. Basically what happens is you'll come to the lounge, you'll get a challenge from me, you'll go off and record either via audio or film, whichever is your chosen format. You'll ask your question and that's it. That is you on the road to podcasting. Um, I'm making it sound really easy there. I'm I'm thinking about my time for this podcast. But essentially what you're going to do is you're going to go and locate your interviewee. Uh, uh, it may be a festival goer. Therefore, you can ask someone if they can uh, take the time to answer a question and if they're okay being filmed or recorded. If it's a vendor, it will be someone who's I've already approached to make sure that's okay. Because as I said last time, it's... It can be impolite to go up to a vendor who's really busy. So I've I've approached people and we've got um, vendors who are happy to be approached at that time. And then turn on your camera or your phone and ask your interviewee to introduce themselves or you introduce them and ask a question. And then when they've answered your question, if you've got nothing else to clarify, thank them for the time and ask them where they can be found online so your audience know where to find them and that's it that's that's really it this is all about making your first steps into podcasting and if you get bitten by the bug and you want to do more recording come back to the lounge and we'll see what we can do uh, there are going to be special guests as well there are going to be lots of fun things to do we're going to have some podcasters on hand to uh, either be willing uh, interviewees or to uh, give you help and make an introduction th- and things so don't worry about that tips for recording 
Well, I've been asked for some tips for recording and this is really going to be quick and dirty because as I, say, I don't have any notes. But first I would say for audio recorders, if you are using your phone and a voice recording app, make sure your mic on your phone is facing upwards. So that might mean holding your phone upside down, holding it on the side. If you don't know where your mic is on your phone, locate it now. Um... The best way to hold the microphone or phone is to hold it at an equal distance between you and the other person. So not right in their face. Uh, Don't move the microphone between your mouth and their mouth. Um, This is a busy place. Your little mic is going to be picking up all the sound because it's not directional. So you want that sound to be as close as possible to you and the other person. Now you can't really, you know, get right in their face but you can maintain a good distance between you a comfortable distance between you and your interviewee and hold the microphone bang in the middle there the other thing is hold your microphone quite firmly and don't move your hand around a lot because you i mean you're holding your phone your phone is the microphone so if you start moving your hand your hand is going to make lots of noises and that's what's going to be heard Hold the microphone really strongly and firmly in your hand. You might want to use a, a, something like a, a gorilla pod or some a selfie stick or something to hold that steady um, while you do it. The other thing to bear in mind is the longer you talk and you ho- concentrate on holding that microphone, still the heavier it's going to get in your hand. <laughs> That's just a bit of a warning. Um, people generally... Um, will back away when you have a microphone in there uh, uh, near them uh, and uh, if they're not backing away because of that they might move around because it's a natural thing to do but try and keep that same distance between you so that the microphone is always at the same kind of place between you uh as far as video podcasting goes i um, i don't have very many tips because obviously i don't do it but this is these tips are merely on the basis of what I like to see in the screen myself. Number one, and most importantly, hold your phone landscape. (laughs) Do not hold your phone portrait when you are recording film because all we're going to see is big black strips either side of a very long letterbox. And I think Lee from the Lulee podcast, this is one of her tips as well on that on that uh, blog post that I was telling you about. Please hold your phone landscape. If you have, as I say, a gorilla pod or a tripod or something uh, that you can attach your phone to, that might help keep, keep it steady as well. And if you have a friend or partner who's with you, maybe they could hold the camera while you ask your question and so both you and your interviewee are in shot. It doesn't really matter. Um, whatever you're most comfortable with, it doesn't really matter. Um, and zooming on a phone uh, and digital zooming on, on certain cameras can be clunky. And if it's on your phone, we can hear the <coughs> as you're pushing that button to zoom in. Get close, if you're showing an object like yarn, just get close to it. If you're, you know, going from someone's face to the yarn, it's hard sometimes for things to focus quickly and clearly. Um, and if you, if someone is holding up yarn and you're trying to capture that with your, with your phone or camera, focus on it for more than just a second because there's absolutely nothing worse as somebody who watches video podcasts for someone to hold up a yarn and then take it away again before the camera has even had time 
to focus on it. That's one of my pet peeves. You know, we don't mind you holding up while it gets into focus. That's all part of actually taking it in, in a way. But don't take it, you know, hold it up. Look at this yarn and put it back down again. That's, That's not good. But whatever you do, we just want you to have fun. And however you record, it doesn't matter whether it's sound or film. Just remember that these files will take up a lot of space on your device and you're going to be taking photos as well probably so remember that that is another reason why we're only asking you for to ask one question to your interviewee it's a one question challenge um mostly because we just want to give you that first foray into podcasting but also gotta think about your tech and your devices and your battery um bring extra batteries and chargers if you have them but just remember recording video and audio can eat through your memory and your power i'm gonna try and get a little cut out and keep pdf up on the show notes um it will be before edinburgh yarn festival and i'll have one in the podcast lounge as well if i add that to my printing list (laughs) gosh i feel like this is not all that i wanted to talk about Uh, because I've gone off book um, with all my bits of paper and all these things have not um, made a flow. Let's see, what else was I going to talk about? Let's have a look here on my tablet. Uh, Hello and thanks, British Stash. Uh, Thinking about what you want to buy before you go. Tick, Samite, tick, Podcal, tick. Oh, I never told you about my Podcal. In all of that, on tick, um, I finished my Sanus shawl by Gudrun Johnson and I friggin' love it. And no, friggin' is not the F word that ma- means I have to mark the podcast as explicit. So I friggin' love my Sanus shawl. I made it in Blacker Tamar. It is a delight to work with. It is such an incredible yarn. It's uh, made from, it's a luster blend made from fleece breeds which are on the watch list for being rare or endangered. So there's Lincoln Longwool, Wensleydale, Teeswater. Oh, it's just incredible. It's got such a beautiful fuzzy halo. And when I say halo, don't don't get me wrong, I do not mean halo means prickly or 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 harsh this is a really soft really fine 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 fibers it's just beautiful and sana shawl starts as a hap so you you knit a center triangle then you pick up all the way around the edges of the triangle for the border the border is made up of garter sections and then a kind of a lace section but it's not quite lace those kind of make waves like little points Oh my god, I love it. I absolutely love it. Now, I was using two skeins of what I thought was the same shade of of Tamar. Turns out I had a shade of Ottery and a shade of uh, Gwindra, which are the two greys. Very subtly, one is one is lighter. And um, so I decided that I would alternate in the border uh, repeats uh, between the lighter and the darker and as I say it's incredibly subtle but I love it but I ran out of the darker colour and I did think maybe I'll I'll just carry on in the lighter shade uh, till I get to the end I only had another no maybe 20 rows I was like nah I don't I know it's subtle and it, maybe nobody else would see it but I would see the difference if I did it like that so I just cast off so I think there are 
I think I, when I counted it, I, I was making the smaller version of the shawl. And in that smaller version, there are sort of seven garter sections. And I've got five. I thought, that's fine. I, when I even unblocked, it was already the same size as one of my other triangular shawls. I thought, that's fine. But you know what? It's blocked amazingly. And it's actually blocked to the larger dimensions. I know that it will probably spring back quite a lot. But it's about 60 inches long at the top and 30 deep. So I'm really pleased with that. And it's blocking at the moment and I can't wait to get it on. I'm so chuffed with it. I really, really am. I highly recommend the Sanus pattern. And it was a gift to me from Varya, who's going to be at Edinburgh Yarn Festival. I gifted her the uh, Wedbeck shawl in the November pattern swap and she gifted me Sanus and we're going to be wearing our fantastic shawls at Edinburgh. I can't think of a better place to be wearing incredible shawls. So that there we go. There's that ticked off. I told you about that now. Um, so that's it, actually. Coming later in this month, well, I don't know when my post-Edinburgh Yarn Festival episode will be. I think the next episode is due out on the 17th, but it's so tiring after Edinburgh Yarn Festival and even if I do get recording done the editing is something else altogether and last year I had a very loose and laid back episode with Felix we won't be doing that this year um, but I do have another house guest so maybe we'll be able to record something I don't know I make no promises but also coming later this month I am going to be interviewing Kerry Kimber from Knitting for All who if you Go to Edinburgh Yarn Festival, you might actually see her there. She runs incredible knit groups and uh, franchises for teaching knitting to all ages. So I'm going to be interviewing her later this month. Uh, That might make it into an episode in March, possibly April. Uh, What else have we got coming up? We've got, oh, the Year of Techniques, Jen Arnold Culliford's new project. Looking forward to seeing that and talking to you a bit about that. I've got giveaways as well. I forgot to tell you last time in my episode about heart that somebody with an incredibly big heart left something for me at Ginger Twist Studio recently and I went in to collect it and it's a copy of Clara Park's Knitlandia and a little note inside, totally anonymous, that says, please use this for a giveaway. And that just swelled my heart entirely and they'd also included a bit of money to post it off for postage and packaging so we'll be giving that away and we'll be thanking that anonymous person from the bottom of our hearts for being so incredibly kind um and there's lots of other things coming up later in the month we've got our first mucker sponsored episode and i'm really excited to introduce you to one of our muckers this month too all of those things are exciting but i can't think about them until after edinburgh Yard festival <laughs> Um, let me say a quick hello to everyone who recently joined the Ravelry group. A huge hello to you. I hope you find the Knit British Ravelry group is a lovely uh, community. We all love it. Um, don't forget if you live in the Southwest and you can make it to Bristol, Mazzy is organising a get-together. See the, the details in the Ravelry group for that. And before I go, I just want to give an absolutely special hello and a massive squidge to Charlotte Bilby. Mwah! And um, that's it. So see you at Edinburgh Yarn Festival. If not, follow everything that's happening on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook, if that's what you're on. Um, Join in online if you can't join in in person. Take 
extremely good care. I will see you soon. Bye for now. Let the snow be clouds chase everyone from a place. Come on with a rain of a smile on my face. And I'll walk down the lane with a happy, happy refrain. I'm singing.